Welcome to The Lex Factor, a lawfully good podcast where we'll brief you on the business of law so you can build a better practice and capture more billable hours. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Lex Factor. It's your host, Lauren, here. And Brad Pobble. How are you guys? I almost said great. How are you? (laughs) Not talking to exactly you. I'm talking about the audience out there. All right. We also have Jared Correa with us today. He is the CEO of Red Cave Consulting. Welcome, Jared. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so for being with us. So good to have you here. Hey, Jared, could you start off by just telling us a little bit about you? Uh, sure. Yes. Um, I'm a Sagittarius. Um, no, let me start about the oh, stuff. Long so, um, on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm basically a uh, business management consultant for lawyers. I'm a lawyer myself, have not practiced law in anger in about, uh, <laughs> gosh, 15 years. And uh, I, help, I help lawyers manage their businesses more effectively. So help them with oh, marketing, wow. technology, financial management. Um, and I've been doing that for about 15 years, worked with about 4,000 law firms globally. Um, wow. I've got clients I work with directly. And then I also have partnerships with a number of bar associations where I provide consulting services for their members. So that's what I do in a nutshell. Very good. That's a lot. Was it hard to make that transition? Uh, no, practicing law, I was never enamored with. I know a lot of lawyers love to practice law, but like my whole deal was um, everything's based on precedent. I didn't have the ability to be creative to the extent I wanted to. Mm. So getting out of legal but still being legal adjacent was the right fit for me. Well, that's awesome. Glad you made that uh, move to use the creative side, definitely. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> Yeah. So today we want to talk a lot about how lawyers can really better connect with their legal consumers. Uh, Brad and I were talking about this before the episode. Him and I are both really big about consumer experience. And, you know, I think that's something that a lot of people, regardless of the industry, they kind of forget about. They don't realize that that consumer client experience is one of the most important things that you can easily foster yourself and, and bring forth that good brand reputation, that good experience. And, you know, in turn, keep bringing in new clients and new business or whatnot. It's it's easily overlooked, but I think it's one of the most important factors of any type of business. Uh, totally. I would think so. Like, it's it's tough to think of, like, marketing when you're so busy running a business, right? Because people mm-hmm. often think about, like, I got to push through this work and I have to take care yeah. of this well, stuff. Especially when matters. you work off billable hours. And that's like, yeah. And, and that's, like, especially true for lawyers because lawyers go to law school all they do is substantive work. They come out and they're like, all right, I opened up this law firm. So everybody's going to come to use me because I'm going to do great work. And I'm going to sit in my ivory tower and work out thor- thorny constitutional law issues. But then when you get into running a business, it's not like that at all. Right. right. We, we said it at the same time there, Lauren. We got we to gotta mix We're this up a little bit. We are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> we just agree with that. We are one. <laughs> So, Jared, you know, lawyers, they have preconceived notions about uh, what legal consumers want. And legal consumers misunderstand lawyers and law practice. Uh, can you tell us why? Yeah, there's um, there's a massive gulf between what lawyers think consumers want and what consumers actually want from law firms. And so I work mm-hmm. with lawyers a lot. So, like, I look at this from the lawyer side. So if I'm an attorney and I'm doing marketing – my strategy is usually what's easy for me and my staff. Because mm-hmm. if it's anything that's not related to like the cases they're working on directly at that time, they don't want to be bothered with it. So mm-hmm. what's easy for consumers and staff does not often provide a winning customer service experience for those consumers of law firms. And 
those consumers of law firms are often left in the dark, right? Like lawyers are not great at managing leads or even responding to leads. Like most of the time they don't even reply to leads they get. I mean, you might as well just take that money and light it on fire, right? So there's no process in place (laughs) at all. And consumers don't understand anything about working with a lawyer. They're super confused about the whole process, which is why they're calling you. So they want somebody who's responsive. They want somebody who understands the process. They want somebody who can be a guide for them. And if you contact Mm -hmm. a law firm and it's like dark until two months later when somebody gets around to calling you back, you've already moved on and found somebody else who can help you. So it's it's really problematic. We were talking about that earlier today, actually, too. I mean, the majority of people out there that are looking for legal help, they're Googling. They're searching for you. They are proactively looking for you. And if they find you, they call you and you're not responsive. You don't answer the phone. You don't call them back in week, you know, over multiple weeks. They're just going to move on to that next person on their list. You know, there's thousands and thousands of choices Mm -hmm. out there. And, you know, the Internet puts them all at our fingertips. So if you're not there, they're going to move on. They're going to find the next person. And, you know, something that you mentioned Earlier, too, Jared, that spoke to me when you were talking about, you know, attorneys doing what was easy for them from a marketing standpoint. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing to keep in mind, too, is, no, you you didn't go to school for marketing. You went to school to be an attorney. But what you <laughs> right. need to think about is the fact that, you know, you're putting these ads out there or you are taking some time and you're spending good money to get marketing live out in the marketplace to bring in consumers. But if you're not thinking the way the consumer thinks, the potential client thinks, it's not going to do you any good. You know, you need to think, okay, what does this potential client want to hear? You know, they want to hear that I'm going to be here with them throughout the entire journey, that I'm going to listen to them, that I'm going to fight for them, as opposed to I'm just going to say in this ad what is easy for me to say because that's what I know. That's funny. I get a lot of lawyers that I talk to and the conversation is always like, "Well, well, I wouldn't want that. And I was like, I know you wouldn't want that. You're the lawyer. You're not but. the customer. So start thinking about what customers actually want. And you make a great point about like what's happening with referrals now, especially during the pandemic, right? Even before this all happened, more and more people were doing their own independent research to find lawyers. People are relying less and less on referrals than ever before. So you really have to be present on the web. And then you have to actually mm-hmm. follow through on those promises that you make to people, that you're actually going to be responsive, that you're going to help them with the case, like when they actually come in and become a lead. And lawyers fall down on that continuously. Yeah. Exactly. And that's where that customer experience comes in. You know, you, you, you nail the job, you got their business, you, you come in, you start working on their case, and then you deliver a terrible experience. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a chance you may not end up getting paid, not that that's the right thing. There's a chance that they could trash you on the internet, that they could mm-hmm. leave and go to a different firm, a different attorney to handle the case. You know, just because you're representing that client doesn't mean that your job is done. You know, you have to foster that relationship the whole time time. And we talked about this earlier, Brad and I in a meeting, you know, one of the best things to ensure that you have future business is that word of mouth, you know, delivering that good experience because people using something like legal services, like you said earlier, they're expensive. You know, they want to know that people (laughs) are with them throughout the entire journey. So the best place they're going to go is someone that they know or someone that they have heard of that has used that firm or that attorney and had a great experience. Right. You know, I I think about this experience. You know, this isn't the most happiest time in a person's life when they're reaching out in a lot of cases. So they just like you said, Lauren, they want that 
that helpful hand, somebody that they can trust, somebody that can really, you know, be there for them. And like you said, Lauren, word of mouth is important, but due to the pandemic that we're in, you know, people are going to online, they're posting ads, which are reaching hundreds of thousands, millions even maybe, Mm -hmm. depending upon where it's at. And that really spreads. So you have to get out there. You have to understand what's going on. And I, I really think that's so important right now. Yeah. So, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, Jared, but really, you know, the number one concern with a lot of lawyers, probably most lawyers out there, is revenue generation. You know, they work off billable hours, so that's where they need to focus their time. But on the flip side, legal consumers are obviously, they can be very price sensitive. You know, legal services aren't always the cheapest. So how can lawyers really do a better job, do you think, at talking price with those those leads, potential clients, and actual clients? Lawyers are often like in their own world when they run their businesses. And that's just not lawyers. That's like most business owners. They have a hard time thinking about like how the rest of the world works. So like I often tell lawyers like, okay, we're in the middle of this pandemic, right? Like everybody's home all the time. I got my kids in the other room right now. So I go out and I buy Disney Plus, right, for seven (laughs) bucks a month and I get you literally. and a lot of other people. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of other streaming services. I get literally like every movie Disney has ever produced for seven bucks a month. Now, as a consumer, I'm like, okay, that's not very expensive. There's real mm-hmm. value there. Like I immediately know what the value is. But when I go to hire a lawyer, I have no clue what the process of law is. And when a lawyer comes to me and says, oh, uh, you want to get divorced? Great. Uh, that's going to be 425 bucks an hour. Uh, until when? Uh, until the case is resolved. Yeah. Then I'm starting to sweat. How long is as that? A yeah. And I'm like, what am I in for here? Am I going to pay 20000 30000 40000 50000 Like, that's a very dangerous place to be. And if you look at the two things mm-hmm. that legal consumers want the most, they want information about the process and they want the ability to have some level of cost certainty. And that doesn't mean cost certainty of the billable hour. Like, they don't want to know how much you charge per hour. They want to have an idea of the total cost of representation. Mm -hmm. And lawyers are very unqualified to provide that information. So they, they need to be able to talk about that up front. They need to tell clients, give them some sense of what the whole shebang is going to cost because lawyers are very bad at doing that. And consumers are so price sensitive and they've got Mm -hmm. these other comparison tools on the market just in their daily life. I mean, I can buy like eight streaming services tomorrow. I may only use a lawyer once in my entire life. So you got to get it right the first time and you got to be able to talk Mm -hmm. total cost, which most lawyers are unwilling to do. Right. I can definitely see that. You know, the legal industry, yes. Overall, the pricing on just things out in the market have changed significantly. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing that I was looking at, I know a little bit off topic, but uh, was even payroll. When you start thinking about payroll, I just saw recently that companies are now offering pay at the time. Like, for example, you could go in and say, you know what, I know it's not Friday payday yet, but I need some money right now. And then go in and pay you up to that point. I've seen Mm -hmm. that being entered into new systems, things like that. So we have to rethink the way that we're doing, you know, pricing around things. So, you know, Jared, how can lawyers do a better job at taking price and what other options are out there for billable hours? I think, um, I think most lawyers are looking at hourly billing just because that's what lawyers have traditionally done and lawyers have a Mm -hmm. hard time breaking from tradition. So if you're a consumer, the problem is that that's uncapped, right? And if you're a thoughtful consumer, 
you've seen things like L.A. Law, right? And all these TV mm-hmm. shows where lawyers are driving Mercedes Benzes and they seem to be doing pretty well. <laughs> so there's this perception out there that lawyers cost a lot of money and that probably lawyers are greedy too, which are battling against, right? So there's that piece of it. And then the other part of the hourly billing structure that is alarming to consumers is that what it really does is encourage inefficiency, right? So if I work 10 hours, I make more than if I work eight hours. So what's my incentive to work quickly and be efficient? The incentive mm-hmm. is the opposite. So if you're a lawyer, you, and, and lawyers are starting to do this already, start thinking about different ways to price things, right? If you're going to do hourly billing, you can start looking at things like uh, limited scope representations, right? So you break out the representation into components A, B, C, and D, and maybe you only sign the client up for part A and say, okay, A is going to cost this. We're going to get to this point. If things are going well, we can continue working together and move to part B. If they're not, we can move off of the relationship if you're not satisfied. That allows more freedom to the lawyer and the consumer, and that also reduces the price for each segment. So it's not as large amount of money that they need to pay up front, right? Um, the other thing I've seen lawyers do is apply risk callers. So for example, you can tell a client, like, I'm going to charge you by the hour, and I'm going to guess that this case is going to cost us like $20,000 to resolve. Um, if I come under my hours threshold, then I get a bonus, right? But if I go over, I'm still going to finish your case for you, but you're going to get a discount on every hour I work after I've charged you $20,000. And you're seeing lawyers do things like subscription services as well. Um, this works particularly well in like a corporate counsel practice. So you say, hey, I'm charging on a monthly basis, And there's going to be these rails around this subscription, but now you've got a fixed cost, like I was a software company, and you know what your billables are going to be every month, and I know what I'm going to do largely for you each of those months. And that's appealing to lawyers, potentially, as well as consumers. And then I've also seen lawyers start to sell products, you know? Companies out there like LegalZoom that sell legal documents specifically, like lawyers just haven't done that. It's not like they can't. So I think re-envisioning billing And getting this notion of like, how do I convey to clients, to consumers, a total cost of representation in an effective way? That's probably how law firms are going to win a lot of business in the future. And law firms that don't adjust are going to lose clients. Yeah. I think it's a great point. And, you know, across the board, everything is changing. You know, how many conversations have you had about just working from home or what COVID has done to the yeah. workforce, the work environments, and how things are changing in that aspect? It's not just about that. It's it's everything. Looking at the whole picture, everything's changing. You know, it's just like 10, however many years ago when the internet, obviously more than 10 years ago, <laughs> came about and just life had to change. You know, things are changing. Things are constantly evolving. People, people People are working from home more. People are becoming more price conscious, things like that. So you, you really got to look at the, the whole picture and see how it affects your end consumer in all ways. Yeah, absolutely. So, and what I like, Jared, you give really good real life examples. I know, They're I love easy that. easy to understand. I just want to sit here <laughs> and listen to you explain them, but I'm like, oh, I have to work. I have to talk back to him. I'm like, I watch a lot of so streaming, good. as you can tell. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jared, could you teach us now about... Tell us a story, Jared. (laughs) (laughs) Just uh, real quick before we, you know, go on to the next topic, I was curious, you know, the different billing options that you recommend, when, when firms have tried that, what did they see from, you know, the number of clients, the number of the brand change? Did they see 
a significant increase? How long do you think you have to start? You know, I make that change today. How long until that starts to increase the revenue or the brand gets out there that this positive experience? Yeah. When do you start seeing results? Well, I think, I think two ways, right? Like you've got existing clients who are like, oh, this is a pricing option now. I like that much better than what we were Mm -hmm. doing before. And in some cases, like let's take a subscription, for example, you may be able to charge more in total on a subscription if you set it up correctly. And Mm -hmm. when I talk about all this stuff, like the idea for the lawyer is to provide a cost-sensitive, cost-certain solution to the client. But as a lawyer, you're now closer to selling value, not like a price, right? So if you're selling on price, it's kind of a race to the bottom. If you're selling on value, then you can charge more as an attorney. So there's a big advantage to that as well. So for existing clients, you may be able to move them over to a system where you get you get more value out of it and they get more value out of it. That's a win-win. But then for new consumers, like I think you make a good point is that it's going to take a little while for legal consumers who are already aware of your brand to know that you're doing something different. So this should probably be yoked to a marketing campaign, right? This is something you should be Mm -hmm. talking about. Because as we said before, like consumers are not very aware of what lawyers do, what they charge. So if you're able to say, hey, I offer subscription pricing options, and you hammer that into the heads of consumers over time, that's going to be really appealing as opposed to those law firms that don't. But it's going to take a little while Mm -hmm. for that messaging to get into people's heads. It's probably going to take like six months to a year to actually get real benefit out of that from new consumers. Yeah. And like you said, it all comes down to the marketing. Not only does it have to get through to them, but you need to break through that noise just to get to the consumer in the first place. So, you know, you could have four other firms in your your geographic area that do the same type of work that are in the same practice area. So not only do you have to make your consumer realize that you have this new pricing structure, you got to beat out all your other competitors just to get to your consumer in the first place. Right. And like this notion of value is important too. So you guys like stories? I got a good story for you. So like, oh yeah, I, I tell this story of like, um, there's a nuclear power plant, right? And it's in meltdown. And the nuclear <laughs> power plant uh, personnel call like this repair person. And they're like, hey, the plant's in meltdown. What do we do? This guy comes by. He's got his little bag. He comes down to the reactor. He takes out a screwdriver, turns a screw a quarter of an inch to the right. Everything settles down. He leaves. <laughs> Two months later, the nuclear reactor folks get a bill for like 10000 bucks. And they're like, you were here for like two minutes. Why are you charging us $10,000? And he says, well, um, for my time, it was $10. Uh, the rest is knowing which screw to turn in which direction. And I think lawyers <laughs> don't often think of their practice that way, but like they have a very specific skill set that people don't have. Yeah. And in many cases can't even access because they're not licensed attorneys. So if mm-hmm. you can be the person who's like talking to people about pricing in a coherent way while also expressing your expertise, you can really charge for value. And attorneys are often racing to the bottom in terms of pricing instead. That's a great story. I try. Thank you. That, that, yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry, Brad's pointing at me. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Brad's pointing a lot. I don't know if I need to like work on a nuclear reactor. I don't know. He's like, that's your calling right there. No. <laughs> um, but to further what you were saying a little bit. So we talked a lot about pricing, but I yeah. think there's another area where consumers have a lot of concerns and a lot of questions, and that's the legal process in general. Um, honestly, it may be a little bit more confusing than the pricing itself. So, And I think that's another area mm-hmm. where lawyers are a little bit more reluctant to dive into the actual process 
with potential clients. So, right. I mean, why do you think that is besides the obvious? And how can you really tackle that knowing that your your potential client needs to understand the process because they have concerns, they're dealing with something that may not be super positive, and so they, they need to understand more. Yeah, so I, I think there's two reasons why two reasons why lawyers don't want to talk about the process. One is they have all these ethical concerns, right? Being a lawyer sure. is not like being like owning a convenience store. You've got laws that you have to follow. You've got specific ethics rules for your business that you have to follow. So I think lawyers don't put information out there because they don't want to be giving clients advice, right? But when you think about it, when you talk about the process and you're marketing on that part of your practice, you're not speaking to specific issues that clients have, right? And then you can add disclaimers to things. Like how many lawyers have websites that say this is not legal advice, right? Um, Just reading my website doesn't constitute an attorney-client relationship. Like you can disclaim the heck out of this. And you can do that at any level of lead interaction, right? You can do that at your website. You can do that when somebody sends you an email. You got a footer on your email that talks about your disclaimer. Um, There's no point in time if you've managed the process correctly where a consumer doesn't know that they're not a client of the law firm. So that's Mm -hmm. the first thing. Like I think the ethics stuff is overblown. The other piece of it is that lawyers have relied largely on advice from other lawyers about how to sell. And other lawyers are terrible at selling. So what they've been told is like, you know, just give people a taste, right? Don't tell them what you're going to do because you want them to hire you to do that. But again, the problem is that that's a lawyer perception, not a consumer perception. Consumers have literally no idea what lawyers do. So I often tell the story of like, I, I got my toilets clogged, right? I call a plumber to the house. <laughs> the plumber's like, out of everything, I don't know. I want to know this. Story. Out of everything you were going to say <laughs> next out of your mouth, I did not expect that to come out. That oh, was not is... where I thought you were going to go. Is that the story, or do we need to take a break? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is the plumber story. So, like, the plumber okay. comes to my house, and we're sitting in the bathroom, and he's like, "Hey, like, these are the 19 steps I'm going to take to unclog your toilet." I'm not going to be like, oh, awesome. Thanks for coming. I'm going to go do that myself (laughs) now. No way. I've hired the plumber to unclog my toilet because I don't want to do it. It's the same thing for lawyers. Like, if you've got a consumer in your office and you're like, hey, like, this is going to be a litigation claim. Here are the 19 steps. Make it sound really hard. They're not going to be like, hey, thanks for the advice. Uh, I'm going to go to law school, (laughs) get a degree. Um, prosecute this case myself, and I'll be back in a decade when I've when I've solved this for myself. <laughs> There's no way. Like the the more process you can apply, frankly, the harder it sounds. The more likely they are to hire you. Because there's two types of consumers who want legal services. There are those who want to hire a lawyer or there are those who are going to try to do it themselves. And the ones that want to hire a lawyer, they really, really want to hire a lawyer. Like, I really, really want to hire a plumber. And I know that lawyers don't like to be compared to plumbers, but, like, I think the analogy is apt in that, like, people don't want to deal with this stuff. So they hire the lawyer to be their guide to solve the problem for them. And the more you can talk about process, the more likely it is that somebody's going to hire you, frankly. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, that's the same reason I got married, so I don't have to do stuff that I don't want to do anymore. You know he's listening to this, (laughs) right? He doesn't support my podcast ventures. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) No, but it is a good point, especially with law. That's something that it's not like, hey, I'm going to try to install this toilet myself. If not, I'll call somebody. This is 
like this could be your life. This could yeah. be a lot of money yeah. that you may end up paying as a client. So it's not as common for them to go to an attorney, get all those 19 steps to understand so they can do it themselves. They're going to have you do it because there is a lot on the line here. Yeah, it, which even yeah. adds urgency. So, Right. You know, I'm hearing you uh, tell the stories, Jared. I do love them. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's it's so interesting to me. It's almost backwards or upside down, whatever term you want to use there. Though, you know, you talk about racing to the bottom for the, you know, are you competing on price or are you competing on value? Mm-hmm. You know, the more value you bring, obviously, that's what I want as a consumer. I, I want that value. I'm paying for that value. Bring it. Uh, in addition to that, you talk about let's get out there. Let's tell people the process. Let's let's be engaged. The more you tell them about it, it's you know they want your service. Right. So it seems like law firms are doing the exact opposite in every step of the way <laughs> of what should be done to increase those prices, to bring value to the customers, to really drive the business. It's it's just backwards, you know. Totally. It's just so interesting to hear you talk about it. Mm. Yeah, you're absolutely right on all that stuff. Um, and I think, I think lawyers could fix this largely, but most law firms are still not consumer centric, but those that are have just Mm -hmm. a massive, massive competitive advantage. So one other topic that we wanted to talk about is law firms and how they must engage with consumers. You know, when the consumers are out there, they, they need somebody right away. They need to reach out. They need that assistance. How, uh, how do those uh, law firms work to reach out to you know, to those consumers, those leads to make sure that they're there to be the ones that help them out. Yes, I think there's a couple things that law firms need to focus on. So the first is speed, right? Um, There was a study that came out a few years ago from Fine Law that essentially said like 90% of the time, if a law firm engages a consumer, they're going to keep that appointment essentially with the law firm before they call anybody else which is just a massive advantage. So if nine out of every 10 times you engage with someone, and I'll talk about what engagement means in a second, they're going to give you the chance to sell them before they go to anybody else. That's great. You've got the field, right? That's your opportunity to convert somebody. That doesn't mean you're going to convert 100% of the time, but it gives you the opportunity to have the first pitch, which is really valuable. So engagement is essentially like when somebody comes to your site, because I think we're talking mostly about online leads at this point, can they take a next step, right? Can they have a conversation at some point with someone, right? Or something, right? Like most law firms will try to push somebody to a contact form, right? But 50, 60, 70% of the time, law firms aren't answering those contact forms. So is there a way for the person who lands on that website to have a conversation? If it's not with an attorney, if it's not with a secretary, is there a way to do that through a virtual receptionist service? Is there a way Mm -hmm. to do that through a calendaring tool? Like, wouldn't it be great if I could go on my attorney's website and just book an appointment for a consultation with that attorney, right? That's really helpful. That's a next step. That's an engagement. Uh, live chat, chatbot services, right? Like, can we go down that road and have an interaction that's not something that a human has to do, something that's automated? So you as a lawyer can still do what you want to do, which is sit in your office, manage your case files, and then you've set up these systems in place where you're engaging clients, you get the first bite of the apple to convert them, and you as the attorney just have to have that selling conversation. You don't have to do the initial engagement piece. If you can do that as an attorney at speed, because something like 85% of uh, potential legal consumers want to hear from their attorney within 24 hours, then you've kind of mastered the game. 
And then after that, if you can also add like a nurture sequence of some kind, so a lead comes in, you set up a client journey where they can get email follow-ups if you don't follow up with them via phone, for example, that's another helpful way to kind of push those leads down the path of conversion. So if you can engage, you get to have the first conversation and then just remind people that you continue to exist and continue to be an option for them and you'll convert way more leads than the standard law firm, which is basically not responding to leads 50% of the time and just <laughs> lighting cash on fire in a big pile. <laughs> yeah. And you're not doing this just for the consumer. You're doing it for yourself. They're getting right. what they need, but you're also getting what you need. Mm-hmm. You know, you're saving time. You're able to work more on those cases, bill more hours, and they're getting the initial experience they want from you and your firm. Everybody gets what they need. It's a huge win-win. <laughs> Happy story and a show. Yes. <laughs> nice talking to you. No, no, no. no. <laughs> we, we do like to leave our listeners, though, with uh, some advice, maybe another story, not to put you on the spot. <laughs> but uh, we do like to leave them with a little something. What advice do you have out there for them? If you could narrow it down get you know, with a story, set of advice, something like that. Now I feel a lot of pressure to have a good story, and I don't have one. Let me I say this. Um, I would say... Start small, right? So we talked about a lot of concepts during this podcast, but here's the first thing I would do is like put together a roadmap for client intake, right? So what happens when somebody lands at your website? What steps do you take to try to convert them? And then run that roadmap by someone who's not an attorney and see what they think about it. Run that by somebody who's 20. Run that by somebody who's 60, and then mm-hmm. kind of build that roadmap out, test it in, in the wild, right, with non-attorneys because attorneys end up talking to themselves a lot, which is not productive because they all misunderstand <laughs> legal consumers. So build that out and then start to fill it in over time. Like, okay, I need this mechanism to be able to engage people better. I need this mechanism to allow people to schedule appointments with me. That's not going to eat into my time when I'm working on substantive things. Like, do that as a first step, even if it's on a piece of paper, even if it's in a Word document. And I think that'll get you down the road of starting to think about consumers and what they want out of legal services and ultimately getting yourself more conversions. I know that's not a good story, but that's where I would start. (laughs) No, it's great (laughs) advice. It's great advice. No, it is. And I don't think it's necessarily legal industry specific. I think it's great advice, um, really, for Mm -hmm. anybody. Yeah, totally. Jared, I think we want to have you back sometime. I think this was a really good episode. And um, I'm inviting you back Mm -hmm. on the air so you can't say no. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you say yes and don't show up, I'll just replay this. And Jared, you said yes. Sorry. (laughs) I'll do it. I promise. (laughs) Okay, great. Sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. No, but we we really did. I really enjoyed having you on the show today. I think I speak for Brad as well. Mm -hmm. And all the listeners, this was a really great episode. And lots of real life examples that I think just puts everything in an easier place to digest and take those baby steps that you talked about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Yeah, I would love to come back on. You guys have been great. Thank you too. Thank you so much. And um, everybody tune in for the next episode of The Lex Factor. Hope you enjoyed today and we will see you later. Thanks for tuning in to The Lex Factor. Lexicon takes care of business so you can take care of law. Learn how to build a better practice at lexiconservices.com.